Russia has invaded Ukraine. Gold flirted with $2,000, then flirted with $1,875. Cryptos crashed, then they surged. The Dow crashed, then it surged. Same for the NASDAQ. Prince Andrew settled. A whole heck of a lot going on. I'm back, everybody. This is Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. And this is episode 158 of Bizarro World. Nick, a somber day if you are a human with a pulse and a conscience. How are you doing, sir? Doing good, Gerardo. It's good to have you back. Um, obviously, a lot going on, which we'll talk about, uh, including the invasion, which you're alluding to. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing good. Can't complain. Good. Thank you for holding it down last week. I missed being on the podcast. I actually feel like I have a whole heck of a lot to get off my chest because I didn't get my weekly therapy session last week. So, you know, it's, um, it's, it's a very fluid situation in regards to Russia and the Ukraine. And let's, let's get right into that. You and I spoke a bit off air. Um, and, and let's talk with the human toll, right? We already know that there's close to a hundred people confirmed dead. We know that there's going to be more. We see people leaving their homes with their pets, with their belongings, and taking whatever little they can take as fighter jets and helicopters and bullets and tanks, you know, whiz on by. So, you know, hard hard to really focus on a lot of the other stuff, the obvious stuff, like the market stuff that we're going to get into here in a little bit. But, you know, I just want to start by saying... Thoughts and, you know, thoughts in my heart goes out to everybody out in the Ukraine because, you know, you, you realize how much we've won the lottery by being born in a country where we can protect against that somewhat, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty robustly. Um, and again, I just can't imagine waking up and, you know, there's, there's, you know, planes and bombs and all the stuff that comes with wars. So my thoughts to everybody out in the Ukraine, horrible situation, obviously. Um, yeah. It's a tough time. It makes you think about, uh, you know, how quickly it could spread, right? How safe you are. Um, uh, how fortunate you are, and then what is the response going to be from the from the free world, right? To uh, uh, mitigate the expansion of, of the invasion and to to keep it off our shores, I suppose, right? Um, markets all over the place, as you said. Uh, it's 2022, so you can watch the bombings in real time on CNN with Applebee's commercials in between, um, and that's a little bit um, you know twilight zone-ish, right? Um, yeah, I watched the footage last night uh, on the West Coast. You know, we have that advantage that it wasn't so late. You know, and I saw the invasion actually live on CNN. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. So um, at the same time, uh, you can't have your head in the sand. Uh, you need to do what you got to do for yourself and, and your loved ones, uh, whether that's, um, you know, if you're in the area, as you mentioned, you know, going to bomb shelters, trying to escape or, you know, securing your, your your capital and and possessions elsewhere you know we get complacent i guess is one of the things i wanted to to get off before i forgot is that you know when i was younger or writing different publications i would often run through the checklist of your emergency fund and your gold in the safe and your guns in the safe and we sort of forget to write about that i don't i don't forget to have gold and guns in the safe of course but um it might be a good time to run down those sort of checklists i guess but uh, other than that i guess um, events like this are um, not times not to act, especially when volatility is high and, and price acts and cha changes. So um, we'll get into a little bit of that, I'm sure. 
No, look, and I hate to conflate the two topics because they're very different, but I'm, I'm, I'm writing about this as we speak for the March issue of Junior Resource Monthly. And, you know, I, I actually touch on, you know, the gold, the having, um, you know, and this is underrated, but having an attorney whose number you can recite, right? And, and having liquidity outside of the banking system and having some gold and having that liquidity in different shapes, way, forms, fashions, right? And so it's, um, I, I, I think of Canada, and I think of, and, and, and you and Chris did a wonderful job covering this last week, but I want to touch on it because I, I, I wasn't here. Um, I, I never thought that I would see, you know, the, 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 the equivalent of martial law being declared for protests that are largely peaceful. Mm -hmm. And does that mean that I agree with all the protesters? Of course not. I don't agree with all the members of my family about things, right? How the heck am I going to agree with an entire group of people protesting? But they sure in the heck have the right to protest if they're doing it mostly peacefully. The same way I said, you know, last summer when we had the protest here in the U.S. and, you know, the cameras and the media was focused on the 4% that were looting and burning and, and not focused as much on 96% that we now know we're doing it peacefully because there's white papers on this now. And so um, when I look at what's happening in Canada, when I look at what's happened in New Zealand, when I look at what's happened in Australia, when I look in Mexico and the state of affairs back home there um, and everything that's going on in the Ukraine, it would be foolish of us to not polish up that checklist that you mentioned and make sure that whatever your capacity is, whatever you're able to do, whether it's food, ammunition, if it's legal and you can own it, guns, self-defense uh, ability, if it's legal and you can own it, um, water, rescue, legal counsel, it's all fun and games until the government shows up. And I, I, I can't believe the stuff that I was seeing out of Canada this past week while I was in Miami. Um, People, and this isn't remote. I was speaking to a CEO yesterday and he had a, a friend of his, a colleague that had donated $60 or $70 to, you know, the, 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 the protesters had her bank account frozen, had a knock at the door, crazy, huh? $60, $60, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And so, no, look, I, I, I think that's the right place to start. I think there's definitely, um, a fourth turning underway. I think it's accelerating. I don't think it's a trend that abates anytime soon. And let's go back to Russia and the Ukraine. You know, I, I heard a speech uh, by President Biden. I also heard a general uh, speaking. And it sounds like what's going to happen is we're going to try to cripple Russia economically. That's not a short-term solution. That's a long process. And, and so that leads me to a logical conclusion, which says this could be something that goes on for 90 days, 120 days. Um, you try to you know, starve out um, bank accounts of corporations and banks and, and subsidiaries and individual accounts, Russian accounts, to try to see if you can get them back to the table. But it looks like to me, like we've, we've, we've kind of said, well, the Ukraine has gone away. Let's try to mitigate the human toll and let's try to make sure it doesn't happen to NATO members. Am I wrong in, 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 in my opinion that that's kind of what it sounded like? I don't know if you saw the president speak, but it sounded like he was saying, we'll give you this one. It's going to cost you some money, but you're not touching the NATO members. I mean, that's exactly what happened when there wasn't a military response last night, swift and immediate. Uh, you knew there wasn't going to be one. Um, and so then today, when you see the 
sanctions that are announced pretty much said that they're going to take some time to take effect. And um, oh, by the way, we're not imposing them on the SWIFT system yet, which, you know, uh, you need to get money across borders uh, from investing in, in, in junior mining companies privately. So uh, they're still not taking that away from them. Right. And you wonder. I think it's very geopolitical. And again, you know, not again, but I'm not an expert. So this is what I think, um, you know, Europe still has to get assets from uh, Russia in some way, especially Eastern European when we're talking about energy, natural gas and things. Right. And so, um, you know, they got to have to be able to still buy that stuff, Germany from from Russia. Um, it, it makes me want to talk about nuclear. It's probably not the right time for that, but um you know, if Germany was more willing to accept nuclear or wasn't so committed to, to shutting down their fleets, uh, you have to think they wouldn't be as reliant on Russian natural um, gas. But no, what you say is correct. I mean, without uh, a, a NATO or a, a, an allied response militarily immediately, then, yeah, you just gave away uh, Ukraine. And so um, I continue to think also that... Um, and this is, you know, tinfoil hat stuff that we didn't want to jump in right away because we need to wait and see how bad the stock market uh, economy, GDP print and what's going to happen uh, with interest rates next month. And so um, if, if we could, if the market could course correct uh, on its own, we might not need a war. Right. But if things you know, potentially get worse, then um, maybe we'll do because war is a great stimulus. It's also a great distraction. You mentioned Prince Andrew. It, everybody's forgotten about all of that very quickly right and so um anyway that's that's a little out there but um yeah they gave ukraine away for sure i wrote about this earlier why are we printing because we don't have it here in the u.s why are we printing 700 billion dollars a year and we can't prevent this. This is an ally, NATO or not, this is an ally. The Ukraine is an ally of ours, right? To the Biden administration's credit, everything they said would play out is actually how it played out, which is why I have to believe they chose to give it away because they, they knew the roadmap. They actually laid out a very compelling detailed case of how it would play out. It's played out exactly how they said it would. So why are we as taxpayers subsidizing $700 billion in defense spending a year if we can't prevent this? Well, there's a lot we can't do. We can't beat the terrorists in Afghanistan. I mean, you know, we just pulled out of there after 20 years with minimal success, right? Uh, the spending seems to be a, a lot of waste, and we've talked about this a lot over the years, um, and not a lot of uh, victories. We do it to keep a presence around the world. Is one thing uh, we do it to, to keep the edge with um, aircraft carriers, which are, are very important, which we're not willing to use seemingly in this case. Um, do they have to be brand new every year? Well, you see the cost overruns <laughs> with the with the programs as well, like the development of new jets and things. And yeah, I mean, you know, nothing new under the sun. It's the you know military industrial complex, right? And so um, it's a form of stimulus in many ways, honestly. And so. Um, I, I guess those would be my my thoughts on that, right? And so, you know, I'm one that has said for years yeah. that the military budget shouldn't be that big. And so uh, I think it's clear where I stand on that. No, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that NASDAQ was down 3%. It's up 3%. Everyone knows that we record this on Thursday. So Thursday being 
you know, the morning after the invasion here. Um, at, at, at the worst, the Dow was down 900 points. The Dow right now looks like it's going to close up in triple digits. Um, the NASDAQ was down 3%. That's a 6% swing. It's up 3.2% right now. The S&P was down 2-3%. It's up 1.5%. Gold went from, and I mentioned this up top, but gold went from 1985 to 1885 in about 45 minutes. So what that tells me is that the market's figured out, or thinks it has anyhow, that the Fed is going to use this as an excuse to maybe get one or two hikes off. But you're crazy if you think you're, we're getting more into what I perceive as a slowdown in economic growth, inflation, persistent inflation. It may be peaking, but it's still persistent. And you can bet that a lot of the wage inflation and, and the inflation that you're seeing, you know, passed on to the consumer, they're not going to they're, they're not coming back on that. That's not going to change. They're not going to do a U-turn when 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 those inflationary pressures subside a little bit on the Kellogg's of the world or the automakers of the world. That that's not transitory. That's here to stay. And so to me, it appears the market is rallying because it thinks that this will force the Fed to once again do what we said it would do for we didn't know the reason. But I think we have it now doing about face like he like he did last time. And, uh, you know, maybe even start some QE action. I've been talking about the consumer staples even mm -hmm. on this podcast. It's uh, you've actually got a lot of value on this podcast uh, the past couple of weeks, right? Months. Um, they, they, they've held up very well because they can pass on the prices. And of course, they're not going to take it back. I mean, staples were uh, mentioned finished up today. Yeah, they finished up today uh, very strong. The other thing that happened today that that, that I was talking about recently was. Um, bond rates uh, pulled back swiftly. I mean, they turned around like many things did, did during the day, but um, I was not incorrect in saying that they were making a zenith a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, while I hadn't recommended them in any letter, I certainly had the opportunity today to um, sell some bonds with the, the, the rates dipped precipitously. So um, that was sort of a, a correct call as well. And, and we've also been talking about gold, saying that it was uh, in a bull market and saying that uh, it could rise very quickly once it broke 1900. The last time it went through 1900 um, in 2020, it went to a record price very quickly. So um, the inflationary pressures are, are still on. You see a flight to safety and not just the staples, but the, the high dividend payers, right? Um, and if you can get some high dividend payers, maybe uh, perhaps in, in some of those commodities that are inflated in price that, uh, you know, Russia produces a lot. Obviously, oil going up today at PGMs and nickel would be in the mix, right? Mm. Uh, with 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 palladium. Exactly right. If only so, we had a project coming public soon that had a ton of palladium and some uh, nickel and some gold. I wish it was less than twenty four hours to get there. I've been looking at the flights. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a long trip, and it's going to be a beautiful. But and I didn't mean to interrupt. But yes, no, no, you're one hundred percent spot on on that assessment. Yeah, you're one hundred percent on in that assessment. Um, look, the $100 pullback in gold, I actually think is healthy because as I mentioned, there's a lot of accounts that are getting blown up that have, you know, triple leverage on, on long positions. And when the market's down $900, you got to sell what you got to sell to cover. Russia is going to have to maintain some form of liquidity if everything is getting frozen and sanctioned. Um, so I think that the 50 to $100 days are going to continue, but it looks like where before 1800 was the new floor, 1880, 1875 might be the new floor. Um, and, and, and look, I think it's off to the races from there. I think these dips are to be bought. And so that is going to be your free actionable advice for the day. If you're looking to add to your gold position, if you don't have an established gold position yet, the 1875 to 1885 level might be the place where you want to start dipping your toes in the water.
Yeah, I agree. It's I wrote this this morning as well. You got to buy gold on pullbacks. Yep. Copper. Um, anything to talk about there? I mean, it's 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 been the most boring of copper days because of everything else that's going on, right? The rest of the commodity sector is a bit tough because things are bouncing around so much. We talked about this a little bit the last time you were here that, you know, if rates stay high, we didn't know if commodities could keep going up because, you know, the cost of capital is such that you can't invest in these new projects that need the commodities. So um, I think copper's got a a new floor. Like, I don't worry about it falling to three dollars or whatever. Right. Like, you know, if it goes to four twenty five, whatever it is, you know, that's fine. I've invested in a lot of projects that are just fine. Four dollar copper. Um, I think the fundamentals are such that um, interest rates and wars aside, you, you have a robust copper price for some time going forward. Dying to hear your thoughts on the crypto space. So it was getting hammered. And then again, it did a, did, did a U-turn and an about face like uh, like like the NASDAQ, like the S&P, like the major indices, right? Any yeah, I've been there? buying uh, Bitcoin when it goes below 37,000, 36,000. Um, I had said, well, actually, yeah, to 36. I had said that it was going to go to 36 a couple of weeks ago. I told Chris on the podcast mm-hmm. it was going to go to 36. Um, and I started buying as it approached 36. I'm trying to get to an entire Bitcoin. So um, I've got like a third of a Bitcoin and the chart is, you know, is a lot of uncertainty right now. So in a very real way, Bitcoin could go to like, I don't know, I'd have to look at the chart real quick. Let's see, but below 30,000. So it, it just depends on, you know, lots of other factors. So sorry, I'm stalled for one second. No, 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 no. I like Chartist Nick. I like the technician Chartist Nick. Oh, that's the market cap. Sorry. Man. You're good. You're good. Yeah, you could go to 29,000. I mean, on some really bloody days, and I would make bigger purchases, I think, if that happened. Um, out, outside of that, um, I'll give you the same answer I always do. I'm, I'm holding, I'm bullish long term on crypto for the reasons we mentioned there at the top of the hour about you know <clears throat> the seizing of the bank accounts and GoFundMe, the stuff Chris and I talked about uh, last week, how you could have passed through those sanctions with. Uh, decentralized wallets and how some of the leaders of those decentralized wallet companies told governments as much like the governments tried to get those accounts and the CEOs were like, we can't give them to you. We don't know where they are. Right. And that's sort of the point. Um, And you got to be seeing that clearer and clearer through the things that are happening, whether it's the um, protests up that we just talked about, whether it's a Ukrainian, think about having to jump up and, and, and leave out of your house in the middle of the night. Like Chris says, if you can remember 12 words, you can take all that wealth with you. So um, I'm bullish for those reasons. And yeah, the chart is a, is a, is a little shitty looking right now, but uh, you know, when I start seeing Peter Schiff get all giddy about uh, gold going up and Bitcoin going down, it tickles my contrarian's uh, sentiments. And so, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a buyer of Bitcoin on, on big red days for sure. Excellent. Let's, um, let's talk, let, let's talk resource stocks. Um, Aldebaran Resources finally reported uh, some long-awaited results. They had some news last week that I wasn't here for. They hit 700 meters of continuous clean mineralization of something along the lines, and I'm free silent, uh, 0.54% copper. They had news this morning um, where they hit 14.9 meters of 19.08 grams per ton gold. Appears like they hit a feeder structure. Appears like they're going to chase some more. If they're onto a feeder structure of that huge mineralized system, this can get really, really, really exciting because it was already exciting, right? We bought it early for a reason. You financed it, I believe, at the 35 cent mark, 30 cent mark. With warrants? 
With Warren's at 75 with cents. Warren's, right. I recommended it at 51 cents. Here it is trading above a buck. And look, Argentina is on fire. Not only is Alderbaran hitting. And Fuego. And Fuego, si senor. The neighbors are hitting. And, you know, I had a great conversation with John Black earlier. And, you know, we talked on air and off air about how neither one of us would be surprised if that becomes a, a region that is targeted by majors for major consolidation. For the simple fact that you have, you know, 40, 50, 60 billion pounds of copper in that region. You have tens of millions of ounces of gold. Argentina in this part of Argentina is mining friendly. There's skilled labor. There's ready labor. It's inexpensive relative to the U.S. Um, and, and in some other locations, right, that are getting more and more pricey and more and more dicey as well as far as jurisdictional risk goes. So, you know, it's funny how quick the, the, the tide turns. Argentina now is a bastion of stability, as I like to call it now, um, in South America for mining. But no, I, I, I was elated with those results. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the follow-up polls look like. I like crazy and dicey. That um, high-grade gold section today had an even higher-grade um, interval inside it, like 1.6 grams of... 93 of grams per ton gold. 100 gram gold, right. So um, and when you think about that inside of a disseminated system like that, with the first results that you mentioned, it's uh, quite the project. And of course, there's already a very robust resource on that, which I think a lot of people forget about. That includes, uh, if memory serves, uh, pounds of copper that starts with a B. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are going to be praying at the altars. And, and the other thing, I guess, um, is, is worth mentioning is that um, there's been a little bit of consolidation among the majors, right? Like we've mentioned yeah. Agnico here buying Kirkland. We've mentioned um, Kinross buying uh, Great Bear. And so um, there were others in the mix there that, that didn't get their feed, right? I mean, there's others, majors bidding on those assets and, that Barrett's been talking mm -hmm. about getting bigger into copper as well. So you have uh, mm -hmm. other natural bidders for some of these projects outside of, you know, the Rios and the BHPs of the world when, when the gold majors are talking about getting into the copper as well because it's more of a precious metal at what for some dollars than it is uh, much cheaper. We should know. Especially, that. sorry, with some of these Very projects good. that are polymetallic or multi-minerals, right? When you can get a, a gold copper project of that robustness, then... You know, there's various things you can do with that as a major. Absolutely. And that was going to be my point. Uh, my point being that that hole that Alderbaran reported was a partial hole. And, and so it only went down to roughly 400 meters. That's the gold portion of that. They state in the release that they can see visible copper on the bottom part of the hole and they're waiting for assays. So that has the potential to be just a barn burner of, 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 of an entire hole. Got partial results today. Looking forward to getting the other half. Um, in the coming days and weeks. Looking forward to exercise. Meanwhile, in Texas, the state of freedom, right? You know, fucking hell on wheels, Governor Abbott over here. Um, picking on the trans kids, man. I, I, I have... I didn't see. Let me read the headline for you. Shouldn't pick on anybody. I kids. agree. Shouldn't fucking pick on anybody, but especially not kids. Um, and especially not by putting a target on kids' back and threatening to separate them from their families um, <clears throat> for making a decision. You know, for a governor that is so pro-life and so parental rights, like he, you know, I, I, I put Exhibit A and Exhibit B on my Twitter the other day, and I said, you know, there was a uh, an article with him posing with a bunch of families saying, 
families have the right to be the ultimate deciders of what their children are allowed to do and not do. And you will not take away the power of the family, right? The parents deserve, you know, the authority that they've earned. And so when I read Texas Governor Greg Abbott orders state agency to treat gender affirming care as child abuse, let me explain what that means. What that means is he wants the state child welfare agency to investigate reports of gender transitioning procedures as child abuse. And he wants to use that order to threaten to separate families that have chosen together for their child to undergo the process. So he wants to separate families. The border wasn't enough, apparently. He didn't get his kicks off with, you know, my people. Um, now it's not, now it's going to be in Texas, the state of freedom, right? The state that values, it, it paints itself and values independence like nothing else. Um, and, and let me tell you how this came about. Our attorney general is a guy by the name of Ken Paxton. He's being investigated for fraud. He's under indictment right now. All sorts of crazy shit because Texas, right? It is what it is. So he issued a written opinion that defines gender affirming care as child abuse under state laws. So the way that I imagine this happening is six months ago, they got together at a nice swanky restaurant in downtown Austin. Maybe they went to the Driscoll. Maybe they sat in the back room. Maybe they sat in one of those rooms where the ladies of the night used to go way back in the days, right? We got the tour there. We stayed there here for the company party. And maybe they had a scotch or two. And they said, well, how the heck can we fucking piss people on the left off a little bit more? And this should people piss people on the right off as well, because I don't consider myself as a lefty. I'm, I'm a lot more aligned with the libertarian principles and a lot of traditional conservative principles than I am a lot of the stuff on the left. But this is just absolute bullshit. And it's pandering because he's running for governor to, to, to the extreme right wing portion of his party. And so the way I imagine the this religious. happening. Yeah, they sat down. They said, look, I need a legal opinion in order to enforce these laws that will threaten trans kids and their parents from pursuing this the same way they did with abortion, right? They just made it to where it's so onerous to, to, to provide the services that everything's got to close down because everybody's afraid of a minimum $10,000 lawsuit by private citizens that aren't even here if you provide the services, including abortion, that some places like a Planned Parenthood, for, for example, would provide. So this is the next target. And so, you know, uh, <laughs> this, this, this includes puberty blockers. So often, you know, a, a trans kid will be unsure whether or not, you know, they identify as one way or the other, or as many different ways, right? And that, again, that's, that's their choice. And maybe the parents are supportive and want to give that child the time and the space to make that decision. And so there's puberty blockers that a, a doctor can recommend that are reversible. These aren't permanent changes. That's included in this order. A physician is now legally supposed to be required to report as child abuse if someone comes in and inquires about gender affirming care and the child welfare agency then has the authority to go and 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 and, and make 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 a proclamation that this kid should be removed because the parent is practicing child abuse. This is fucking crazy. Again, this is like Canada where they, they're looking to pass a law or it's already passed. I think they're looking to pass it where if you think someone might say something hateful, you can report them. 
Or preemptive hate speech, yeah. What the fuck are we doing, humans? What are we doing? Well, you're going down an Aurelian path. That's uh, one thing. Uh, catering to the religious right is nothing new and has been going on for uh, a while. And it's the that part of it's sort of like the hypocrisy of modern conservatism, right? Like uh, we're all for individual rights and separation of government powers from the individual, unless we want to be like up in your vagina or private parts, seemingly. Um, and I've never understood that, certainly as a libertarian. Um, no, I mean, none of this is child abuse. So I guess my question is, it's written into law. Does it have to go through Congress, the state Congress, the state legislature? Uh, no, this is this is uh, the Texas attorney general has issued the written opinion and this is now state law. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. The twisting of state law to. to, 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 <laughs> to yeah, because to force I mean, teachers. It, it applies to teachers as well, Nick, not just pediatricians. Yeah, because the, I mean, the, whatever the opinion or the, the moral guidance that it's, that it's uh, child abuse only comes from, uh, you know, religiously based, uh, whatever, ethic, ethical framework. And so uh, to interject that into politics when, you know, we're supposed to be a complete separation of, of church and state doesn't make uh, any sense to me. You know, it's, it's just like uh, gay marriage or, you know, your, your right to be whatever whatever you want to be actually the government has or shouldn't have any um say in that certainly not to the extent that it that needs to be mandatorily re- reported by physicians and, and teachers or like teachers. there's bruises on a kid's arm or something and again the way they made this to where it's immediately enforceable is there was already a state law in the book on the books about what should be reported and what is is, is considered child abuse the legal opinion was broadened in the state of Texas by Ken Paxton, by him just deciding, Ken Paxton, the guy under fucking indictment and investigation for fraud, who's also running for office simultaneously because Texas, right? Um, by him, given his legal opinion, it just immediately becomes enforceable. Mm. It's insanity to me, and it's bullying to me, and it's you know it's the equivalent of. Of, of you know on, on a big macro scale and different things but you know Vladimir wakes up one day and decides I need more land and I'm feeling short and uh, bucket Ukraine easy pickings let, let's let's go get that right it's it's yeah you it's a lot it's a slippery slope y'all be careful well that's where the fourth turning comes into it right I mean there's all sorts of different things going on all the stuff that we talk about all the time the reason the podcast is named what it is and so um yeah uh whether it comes to the erosion of rights the the creep of governments or um the threat of war i mean you know um almost all fourth turnings um throughout history since the 1500s have ended in uh the war Mm -hmm. or or several um prince andrew bought his way out of prison yeah that's a really you know i've had that on the the list for a couple weeks you were here last week and I probably forget some of the details now, but the sad thing about that is he settled, right? And, and we mentioned, um, we thought that he wasn't going to settle because Miscuffrey was going to get to, or at least wanted to get to the truth of the matter, and it wasn't a monetary thing, right? Um, unfortunately, that was wrong, and he has settled, and now he doesn't have to be deposed. And so it's seemingly the end of the line for this 
whole thing, right? This other guy, I forget his name, ended up dead in his jail cell um, like the week after Andrew settled, right? Like the other guy that was known to be associated with Epstein and, and, and help him uh, line things up from Europe. And so, um, yeah. If you turned this into a movie, it would be like, come on, I know. too many plots and twists. The, the, the guy dies in a cell by suicide just the way Epstein A week died after Andrew settles, and it's like a nice little bow on it, right? Settles. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this for Miss Virginia Roberts, and I, I don't ever shame the victim or, or you know, would never, ever, ever um, say what's right or what's wrong as to how people decide to move on with their lives. But I hope it was a huge check for Miss Roberts. I hope she got a humongous check. And, you know, she was hell bent on taking this to trial. Um, so hopefully, at the very least, it's, it's generational wealth that that check was written for and not just peanuts. Yeah, it's sad to see because I, it's tough to see an avenue to really learning the entire truth now. Only one woman has been convicted for an international child sex trafficking operation that involves everyone and every level throughout the world. Think about that. Yeah, and those everyone's, you know, I continue to pound the drum, are the ones who can take your bank accounts with impunity and say you're abusing your, your child when you're just trying to do the best for them. Let's talk something happy, Nick, because I hate to be all warish and somber and, you know, the mood is kind of that because, again, yeah, it, it, war just means a lot of dead people and co defense contractors getting bonuses, right? And uh, that's always tough, but... There was a, did you see the, the, the article about the first woman being cured of HIV I using stem did. cells? I don't know the details, but I saw the headline. That's, that, that, that's phenomenal. I just read it verbatim here, right? I'll just read right off of here. A woman of mixed race is the third person in the world believed to be cured of HIV after receiving a stem cell transplant from a donor naturally resistant to the virus. The success of the new method involving umbilical cord blood could allow doctors to help more people of diverse genders and racial backgrounds. Um, two previous patients had also been cured of HIV. Um, they underwent a different treatment using stem cells from an umbilical cord as well, but you know, a bone marrow transplant, some other stuff there, some genetic mutation um, that blocks HIV infection. But my point is, they're starting to find multiple options for this, and this is huge. This is huge if it's scalable, right? So that I thought was positive. I, I tried hard to find something positive this week because, man, there's a lot going on out there. Um, good for her. Good for that. I didn't even look, but that, that's a that's a hugely positive story. Yeah, the, the stem cells are wonderful, and um, I don't think there's a limit to the things that they can be used for as technology advances. We have all three kids, the umbilical cords, blood and, and cells in, in, in storage. And so uh, for exactly that reason, the possibilities that are going to be unlocked in 20 or 30 years. So um, love it, story. love it. I have another one that's not as wonderful because it has a, a, a kind of grisly beginning, but it does speak a bit to, you know, an avenue for NFTs that I had not considered. Um, there was a, a, a just a horrible murder that was that was televised um, of, of a reporter in Virginia named Allison Parker. And she was interviewing a politician when a gunman came and just started firing on the news crew. And unfortunately, she died. And so because this happened live on air, there's this footage on the Internet of this woman's death. Right. And it gets 
you know, it's fucking humans, right? It gets tens of thousands of clicks every day. And the father who has to relive this every time, you know, because just again, human nature, you're going to go on there and just try to see if it's still up, see if it's been taken down, hasn't been able to successfully take it down. He has, he just hasn't been able to do it. Um, the media companies won't cooperate. The websites won't cooperate. So what he's looking to do now is he's looking to turn the video into an NFT and make it to where he is the sole owner of the clip. And so I'm not sure if, 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 you know, you can remove the entire clip and, and turn it into an NFT, but that is his approach right now. And if he's successful, Hey, there's mm -hmm. another, you know, another little bit of utility for that one that I didn't foresee. I'm not sure who would own the ultimate rights for that. If it's like the, the news corporation or someone like a, a Cox cable or like a Tegna or something like that. But um, it reminds me of um, Filecoin, which I, I looked into a little bit. That's a, a type of coin, right? Like an alternative coin. And um, its utility is that you could store things right. with it on the blockchain. So um, just like you're mentioning. So think about it like this. Uh, right now I pay um apple some amount of dollars every month i don't know what it is a couple of bucks every month to have my icloud storage yep. right so that i don't have to delete shit off my iphone when i when it gets full basically yeah. and my wife can take as many pictures of the kids as she wants <laughs> um you you might not have to pay an apple for that in the future if you just um like upload them to the filecoin blockchain for example and then each of your pictures uh, becomes a, a non-fungible token on the blockchain and it's stored there forever. And I don't know how much that would cost right now, but if it gets to a place where the fees are cheaper than Google or Apple um, charges, then all your stuff can be uploaded into the uh, blockchain, whether it's Filecoin or some other uh, coin that, that ultimately does it. But the point is this, it's more secure because it's not on one company's servers, right? If Apple's servers get whatever, right. bombed, thermonuked, whatever it is, uh, all that shit's gone. But with the decentralized storage on a, on a Filecoin blockchain like that, your pictures are stored on everybody's computer in the entire world that's on the blockchain. So uh, it's very unlikely that all those computers are going to go down all at the same time. And if they do, you got bigger things to worry about than the pictures on your phone. I, I got to say, look, uh, between the podcast last week and the several excellent articles that Chris has written and in and, and his excellent, uh, you know, crypto university series that he has um, for his paid service that I, I, I highly recommend. I've learned more about crypto and NFTs and altcoins in the past two weeks than I have the past two years. So I wanted to give Chris kudos. I want to encourage anybody um, who's even half curious, give that service a try. You get a money back guarantee and the whole thing. You don't like it, we'll get you the refund on it. Um, but if you're at all curious, it's, 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 it's really, really, really informative. I've learned a lot. Mr. Curl has been busy this week adding on the weakness. I think that's going to be rewarded well. Of course, we have our $50,000 crypto altcoin NFT challenge thing going on where he's putting his you know, skill set to the test. And I think that's going to turn out very well for everyone involved. Um, but yeah, ha ha had to plug that because it's, uh, it's, it's been a fun couple of weeks. I've learned a lot. He's been doing uh, great on the educational front. We're just starting to deploy the money. The markets, uh, of course, have been tough, but I told you that I'm personally buying yeah. Bitcoin earlier. And so uh, a long way to go there. I've learned a lot as well. And those tutorials have been great. So uh, yeah, we'll put links up as we always do to, to check out the product and, and we'll have more coming for you.
um, on that soon. We might have to um, wrap it up, Gerardo. Because so. as I said I, last week, as I we, said last week, we're hiring, and people actually knew. I talked to somebody on the phone yesterday, and they were like, "Oh, you're hiring for customer service." I heard it on the Zorgo World, and I was like, "Yeah, we're buddy. hiring, we're expanding, we're growing." If you're unhappy out there, if you're disgruntled, if you're a loyal, creative, enthusiastic, hardworking person with a great work ethic, send us a message, shoot us a message, let us know what you do. We'd love to look at it. Um, I, I, I think that's a trend that will continue for quite some time. Mr. Hodge, always a pleasure. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 158 of Bizarro World. Love each other a little better, everybody. Stay safe out there.